I'm preaching for a few moments tonight, predominantly out of the book of Luke, chapter 4 and chapter 10, taking it to two specific locations for purpose. Number one, I want you to understand that according to the word of God in Luke chapter 4, I read 18 and 19, but if you look at the totality of the chapter, you will find out there's a temptation, there's the ministry, and then there's the proof. In Luke chapter 4, if you get the opportunity sometime this week, take that entire chapter, chapter 4, and really, really dive into it. You will find out at that beginning of it, he is tempted three times, if thou be, if thou be, if, 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 three times, if, if, if. The enemy loves to ask if questions, if you're really saved, if you really knew the Lord, if you really had what you say you have, if you really knew how to pray, if you really had faith. It, it's always an if followed by an open-ended question that makes you feel intimidated, insecure, and less than. Well, he pulled this same stunt on Jesus. If you're the son of God, sets him up on the pinnacle of the city and shows him everything. If you're the son of God, he knows he's hungry. He's been in a wilderness experience. Take this stone and make it a fish or a piece of bread. And it's constantly, if, if you're who you are, I'll do this for you. I'll give you this city. And it's a constant back and forth. He hits you where you are. He hits you where you're weak. And then he tries to hit you where he's going to have you potentially going if you fall for his if. The fact is, there's great evidence of the temptation, there's great evidence of his ministry, and then the proof of his power when he reads out of the book of Isaiah, and he says, God has anointed me. Yeah. Hallelujah. And what a preacher that he is. But I want you to understand, the ministry doesn't come and the proof doesn't hit until the temptation it's after the temptation that he gets the ministry, he walks in the synagogue, he reads the scripture, and then we find after that the proof comes when he starts healing people and helping people. I want you to understand today that you have to be an overcomer. Strive every single day, number one, to be obedient, but number two, to be an overcomer. Every single day, slack and lack is not good enough. Giving up is not good enough. Bending, budging, bowing is not good enough. Every day of my life, I'm striving to overcome greater than what I overcame yesterday. Every day of my life, I've got to strive to do better than I did yesterday. Every day of my life yesterday was an absolute lesson, and today I will get it right. Last week was an absolute lesson, and tomorrow I'm going to make certain not to repeat behavior that gets me in trouble and not to repeat a lifestyle that's not condoning as a Christian. But we understand that every single day I'm striving to overcome because 1 John 4, 4 says, Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. He's already overcome them. James 1, verses 2 through 8. My brethren, brothers and sisters of the Lord, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptation, knowing this, that the trying of your faith works patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that give to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavers is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. Let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. There is a push coming into this house. There is a push coming to the body of Christ that I will not be unstable by the fact that I'm wishy-washy and two-sided and two-minded and two-tongued. There is a push.
push that's coming to the body of Christ that the saints of God are going to get it right. We're going to put our foot down. We're going to put him under our feet and say that devil is a liar. God did not build you to bend, budge, and bow. God did not build you to give up that quick. He built you to be resilient. He built you to be an overcoming agent in the kingdom of heaven. And the enemy is trying to drag and pull. It is a push-pull drag, sail. The enemy wants to sail you out, push you down, end up in hell. But I say today, the devil is a liar. I'm preaching to people in this church that's right on the cuspus of just giving up. I'm preaching to people that are right on the edge of throwing in the towel. I'm preaching to people that are right on the brink of just saying, I quit. I give up. Tap out. Don't tap out. Don't give up. Don't throw the towel yet. Don't let go of the rope yet. Don't give in yet. Don't bend yet. Don't bow yet. The best is yet to come. Come on, push somebody and say the best is yet to come. Mark chapter 5, can I tell you a story? Mark chapter 5, Jesus came out of the ship and the man of Gadara meets him right at the point in time when he's coming ashore. Pay attention to where he came from. He came from the caves. No man could bind him. They chained him. No man could tame him. He dwelt in the tombs. His spirit was unclean. There was something that was unclean about him. Everything that came out of his mouth was ornery. Everything that came out of his spirit was nasty. Everything he said was unclean. Every time he mentioned something, it was dirty. Every time he looked at something, it turned perverted. This is an unclean spirit that he dwelled with every single day. Started with a seed in his mind and developed until he became possessed by it. I want you to know, saints of God, that your atmosphere will always have an impact on you. Your atmosphere will always have an impact on you. 1 John 2, 15, 17, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passes away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. You will abide at your job. You will abide in your investments. You will abide in your work. You will abide in your company. You will abide in your business. You will abide in your checkbook. You will abide with food. You will abide with friends and fellowship and healing and joy and peace because the Bible said the world and the lust passes away, but he that does the will of God abides, abides. He stays steady. He stays strong. No matter what hits him, he weebles and wobbles, but doesn't fall down. He abides. He abides forever Bible said no one could tame him see many in this church and beyond the walls of this church have an assumption that they can tame sin tame their desires tame their flesh but the only way you can overcome these desires is to be transformed by the renewing of your mind transform transform That's what a transformer does. 
takes it, transforms it so it can be utilized downstream. You have to be transformed. You cannot tame sin. You cannot tame your nature. Your eyes will go where they want to. Your thoughts will think what they want to. Your desires will run amok if you're not careful. If you do not crucify the flesh, your spirit will die. Because your flesh will start to take over and choke out what God has for your life. You've got to crucify the desires of your flesh. Oftentimes, the enemy will throw pornography at a man or a woman. Starts with a little snippet of a picture. And it ends up with another click that goes a little further. And then a video. And then a chat room. Come on, somebody. And he will infiltrate your life through music or through television or through soft things that have a soft, cushy approach to sin that you feel like there's nothing wrong with this. Almost as if to say, it's not a big deal that we put a little Sinai in the meatloaf tonight. Let's go ahead and eat it anyway. But over time, if you continue indulging, you cannot tame the aftermath of poison and Sinai. And it's people, I know you ain't going to like what I'm saying. I expected you to sit there like that. But I'm preaching today and the devil can just back on up. You cannot tame your nature. You cannot counsel sin. That devil has to be cast out. You cannot live with it. You cannot feed it medication. It'll never get enough crack, coke, dope, and marijuana and liquor and alcohol. It'll never get enough. Your flesh will never, ever get enough. You can never please your flesh. You can never make it happy enough. Every single day it's shedding skin cells. It's dying more and more every day. But every day my spirit grows more. Don't push anybody. Don't push anybody, but just delicately tap them and tell them it can't be tamed. It can't be tamed. Let me tell you something. There are demonic influences, demonic activity. Now, I want you to pay attention to something that in the Old Testament, we do not know of demonic possessions and people that were possessed by devils, but they did play with witchcraft and sorcery and trying to talk to the dead. And you'll find that on multiple occasions. Something happened in the transition from the old to the new. And all of a sudden a gateway is opened. And Jesus goes away and says, I'm not gonna leave you comfortless. I'm gonna send you another comforter, Paracletos. Another comforter that shall be with you in John chapter 14 and shall be in you. For all my denominational differences that people have, how can you look at John chapter 14 and not see that with you is a reflection of the Old Testament and in you is a reflection of the baptism of the Holy Ghost? I'm just completely removing the filter today and just going to preach what I feel. Can I keep on preaching? 
Let me help you to understand. I know that a lot of people think that these angels that a third of the angels that went with Lucifer in Isaiah chapter number 14 are these spirits. But here's what the Bible says about them, just so we're cautious and careful about our doctrine. Second Peter 2, 4, for if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment. Where are they? They're cast into hell. They're delivered into chains of darkness. Oh, preacher, that's one verse. I'll give you another one. Jude 1, 6. And the angels which kept not their first estate but left their own habitation, he hath reserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto judgment of the great day. James 4, 7. Let me keep on preaching and build my case like a lawyer. James 4, 7 says, submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. I'm not preaching this for people to be concerned or fearful about being possessed by a devil. If you're washed in the blood of Jesus, you're saved on your way to heaven, you cannot be possessed by a devil. Now, that doesn't mean that you're not going to be oppressed. That doesn't mean that you're not going to feel the pressure of the press. But the fact is, there is no way that the Holy Ghost is going to dwell in a body full of devils. The Holy Ghost is going to be asked to come in and that devil is going to be told to leave. I'm bringing this up because I want you to know that you've got to learn to resist the devil and he will flee. It is as simple as a yes or no. It is not a maybe. Perhaps after a while, I might do that later. I might do it when I can get away with it. No, it is resist the devil right away. Look at it again. No, I'm clicking out of the page. Go back to it. No, I'm leaving here. Listen to it one more time. No, I'm shutting it off. Read me one more time. No, I got to grab my Bible. That's resisting the devil. When he says, come back over here, you say, no, I'm standing right where God designed me to be. Come and take another look. Oh, go and take another rebuke. I resist the devil and he will, not maybe, not after a while, right on the spot. He will Want to know how to get rid of the devil? Resist the devil. Want to know how to get right from him? Resist the devil. Romans 12, 1 and 2. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Your body is a living sacrifice every day. Be not conformed to this world. If there's anything outside these walls that's keeping you back from the presence of God, you better cut it back. I don't care what it is. You tell me. You tell me. You whisper the words. Those things that are crossing your mind right now, I know I need to stop that. Oh, I need to get away from that. Oh, girl, I need to forget about him. Oh, sister, I need to call him up and tell him, you got to go, Joe. <laughs> Whatever it is, 
Whatever it is up here is never worth going to hell over. Nothing up here is ever worth going to hell for. Do not entertain it. Resist the devil and he will flee. You ignore his text long enough, he'll go away. You don't answer his friend request, they'll go away. Oh, can anybody help me preach a minute in the house? Yes, the devil will keep coming back. But if you resist him, he will flee. Being transformed by the renewing. You've got to renew your mind. Every day I get up. Okay, now, come on. I'm reminding myself right now. You can make it, Todd. You can do it. You can do it, Todd. Come on, man. You can make it. Come on. Don't let, that, don't let it bother you. Don't let that criticism get to you. Don't let that hateful spirit get to you. Don't let these people mess with you. No, 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 no. Come on. Get up. Get up. Get up. Come on. Renew your mind. Renew your mind. Oh, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad it is. And I pull out my electric toothbrush. And I squeeze the stuff to make my teeth white at 51. Uh-huh, yeah. And I go back and forth and sing, This is a day to lower our shame. We rejoice to make life. It is. <laughs> Resist the devil. Don't brush your teeth saying you're a loser. Listen to all that junk everybody said about your entire life. Brush your teeth and say, If God be for me, who can be against me? Transfer your mind every day. Tell that person in the mirror, you're not the same old, same old you were yesterday, but God is doing something. In- Woo. Come on, preach, baby. Unfortunately, there are those that are convinced this is all there is. There are people that are convinced this is all there is. Cutting. Crying, chained up, laughing when they chain you up, that when you get 50 feet from me, I'm going to break these chains. There are people that have grown so accustomed to the caverns and the caves and the dens and the mountains. They're so accustomed to living in bondage, they don't know what freedom feels like anymore. Ask the prisoner that gets out of jail to pick up a rock and throw it through a window so he gets placed back in what he feels is normal. No more than Christians that come out of church and would love to be a part of what God's doing, but their normalcy is bondage. There are literally people that think a man in a marriage should beat that woman. And there are women that are in abusive relationships that think this is functional and normal. You're a lying devil. I'm not going back to being a punching bag. That's what some of you ladies need to tell your friend right now. I'm not going back to be a punching bag. And it's not just the physical abuse. Oftentimes, it's the verbal abuse as well. That he knows you heard from a child and he continues to throw it at you. Or some of you men that, 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 um, that you, you let the woman kind of run you over. And convince you that you can't be the head of the house, the priest of the home.
I got a few people that'll help me. Let me just tell you how God designed it. He didn't design you to hover over her. He didn't design you to control her. He designed you to cover her, bless her, be a shelter for her, be a guide for her, be an aid for her, be a comfort for her. But the fact is we've been told for so long, we've lived in such bondage that we think this is okay. Just to have a little bit of God because I'm so busy in my life that I can't pray or read my Bible. This is okay. And people get in the worst amount of trouble when they start thinking things are okay. And I'm okay with being up in this cave. I'm okay with cutting myself. I'm okay with blood everywhere. I'm okay with being chained up, but they can't hold me because you can't tame it. This is where preachers get into trouble. Because they go back and do a little bit of bondage that they think is okay to live in the tombs. And then come back out for Sunday morning. Praise the Lord, everybody. And the next thing you know, that little bit leads to more and more. And then eventually people ask, what in the world happened? And then you find out, oh, this didn't happen yesterday. This happened when they took a quick sneak up there. And the next thing you know, they were there the next day. Then two days later, they were there. And then the next thing you know, they were living. They moved in there. Next thing you know, no one could tell them any different because they thought this is normal. Next thing you know, people had to start binding up with chains because we couldn't control him. He went out of his mind. Something, something went awry. So are y'all with me, saints of God? This is how sin does it. It doesn't knock on your door and say, I'm a club. Come on out and take off your stuff. Shake yourself up. Get drunk. Get crazy. Take pills from strange people you don't know and you're going to be okay. No. He goes a little bit at a time. A little this and a little that and before you know it your life is jacked up because the enemy hacks your spiritual life let me tell you what else he was able to do he was able to get himself freed up and undone he was able to break his strongholds but not his internal chains he was able to tell everybody out here I'm free I don't have any chains on me. I'm okay. Oh, cuts. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm okay. I don't need any bandages. I, I, Grandma will be coming up the hill with some methyl aid. <laughs> Young people say, what he say? You don't even want to know. <laughs> it looked worse than the cut when mom poured it on and got red all over my arm. Come on. That's old school preaching right there. But oftentimes we grow so accustomed to being free from the thing that once we get outside of it, we think we're okay. We're okay. And we become really good at loosening ourselves up for church and getting out and walking up and down the mountainside like we're free because we don't have any chains, but we still have the cuts and we're still in bondage to the cave. Let, let, me, let me say this for anybody struggling with this because I want to help you. A lot of people, can I preach? Know how to look put together externally, temporarily, but never internally. I got it all together. 
I got it all, the, all them glamour shots you put in them selfies on Facebook and Instagram. <laughs> all that stuff like, I just got up. Uh -huh. <laughs> I don't know how you just got up and looked like a supermodel. <laughs> I got my life so together, this is how I wake up every morning. <laughs> Push your neighbor, say, preach on, preacher. And, and, and what the world does, and what the world does, was we, we place fetters and chains on them, and they're all temporary fixes just to keep them sitting still. But the thing that's moving around and cutting and wailing and can't sit still is that thing on the inside that keeps gnawing at it, chewing at it telling it's no good, saying I got to get busy, saying I'm never going to get any better, saying I'm always going to be stuck, I'm always going to be in this place. Let me hurry. Sin will never be tamed because it's a cancerous sore. My question to you today is, as I stand out here on the edge, so I can get as close to you as I can, what are you going to miss by hanging out in Kadera? What are you going to miss when you go to college and you start partying because it looks like the right thing to do? Let me tell you what you're going to miss. You're going to miss the right wife that God was going to send for you. Some of you single people that want to hang out in Gadara. Some of you people that just feel like the jacked up dysfunctional life is just the way of life. No, it's not. No, it's not. Shooting up your arm is not the way to do it. Taking pills is not the way to do it. Smoking crack, grass, marijuana, liquor, all that light substance that leads to hardcore stuff, it's not the life. I'm going to say it again, devil. It's not the life. Being confused about who you are is not the life. If God made you what you are, that's what God intended you to be. Don't buy into the confusion of hell. The devil is a liar. When you're jacked up in Gadara, you miss everything God had for you in your life. The right friends, the right influences, the right spouse. If you're a man, a wife. If you're a wife, a husband. When you hang out in Gadara, life passes you by. And everything that God designed, a good job for you, college education, high school education, whatever the case might be, tech school, whatever the case, listen, you miss it when you get out of God's will. You go in and party with your friends. While you're partying, you're missing the will of God for your life. Ask the prodigal son. Ask him, ask him, ask him. Him. Ask anybody that missed God and they'll tell you I beg that I can get those years back that I missed. Listen. Derek, I want to throw a disclaimer in here. If I don't preach like this, <laughs> the blood of America is going to be on my hands. <laughs> if I don't say this, our politicians are not going to say it. You can't get this in a bottle at Walmart and Sam's Clubs and Walgreens and CVS Pharmacy. You can't get this at Cracker Barrel. 
This world has become so accepting of every thought and whim that comes down the pipe that we just feel like it's natural. But we're living in some perilous times when men will be lovers of their own self, covetous, boasters, proud, implacable, fierce, despisers of those that are good, incontinent, fierce, truce breakers, false accusers. All of these things are going to happen and that has happened and then some. And you want me to pipe down and hush? I say, hey world, you pipe down and hush. The real remedy is right there in the word of God. Might as well buckle up your seatbelt, saints. Democrat or Republican, you better buckle up your seatbelt. You saints of God better get in the aisles and say, God, help us, We got a real devil problem. But I want to hear some demons say, we've got a real Jesus problem. We've got a real revival problem. We've got a real Holy Ghost problem. We've got a real word problem. We've got a real faith problem. Them saints are shouting. They're running. They're blessing the Lord. We've got a problem. your neighbor and say we need to be a handful I will say that with all due respect he was so accustomed to it he was okay with it He lost all sense of normalcy, reality, functionality. He lost it. He lost it. And then when someone reminded him, he thought they were crazy. (laughs) Chains, I live with these. Cuts, yeah, I hate myself. I don't like my life. I'm not good enough, and sometimes when I sit by myself, I just go to cutting myself. Because I don't like me. No one could tame him. No one can tame him. Let me tell you something. I'm concerned that the world has got a hold of something they can't tame. They're going to get so deep, there's going to be a point of no return. Because you're going to ruin our children, you're going to try to ruin our babies. You're going to try to infiltrate our young people. Not on my watch, devil. Not on my watch, devil, in the name of Jesus. You're not going to do it. Hallelujah. Notice something here quickly. And I, I, I'm probably not going to be able to preach all this, but, man, the last part's the best part. 
their voices. He came out and said, Oh, thou son of David. You know how I knew who he was? Because he knew him. He knew him. Ah, there's the fourth man in the fire. There he is. There's the fourth man in the fire. There he, there's the chosen one. He said, what is your name? He said, 6,000 voices. He said, my name is Legion. For we are many. But then he makes an interesting statement. He says, have you come to torment me before the time? Are y'all hearing that? Well, now, wait a minute. Are you speaking for all you all or just you? Who's you? That is that, that, is that demon principality that can rule over places. Look, go into the country. Go into these rural communities that are way outside of a major city. Don't have any strip clubs in those little farm communities. They don't have any corner bars and people come stumbling out, fighting and shooting each other up. Y'all understand where I'm going? Where there are principalities of devils and demons that go into certain places. And the minute it goes in, poverty settles in the place. Think about what I'm saying. There's a high cost to low living. Come on, church. Come on. I've, I've taken my assignment as a pastor personal. I've, I've come into to a boldness. And God has whispered to me, if you don't say it, I'll find someone who will. And I said, no, 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 don't do that. I'll say whatever you need me to say. Come on. Come on. There's 6,000 voices, but there's one that's a terror. That's the one that the outspoken one that wants to get all this together. Jesus says to him, as he ministers to him, because Mark 5 and 7, which is where the story takes place, he's crying with this loud voice. He says, what have I, what have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou son of the most high? I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. Then, then he starts being rational, starts compromising. Hey, li listen, please, just send me into the swine. Send me into the swine. Okay, I can't preach the rest of that. I'm going to stay right here. He said, send me into the swine. Send me into the swine. You ever heard that verse that up out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water? Do you know what happened when the swine got overwhelmed and 
6,000, a legion, which is 6,000, were thrown into that swine. And, they, and I've been there. I've been right to the place where they say, somewhere in here is the hill where they ran down into the sea. I've been there. I stood up there. And they ran down into the sea. And what happened when they hit it? The Bible said they were choked. They couldn't breathe. Do you know where the Bible says up from your belly shall flow rivers of living water? Let me tell you a good way to keep demon activity away from you. is to keep a river flowing. Come on, push your neighbor and say, keep a river. You know how to keep drama at a minimum in your church? Let the river run through it. You know how to keep mad people away from stirring up drama in the church? Keep letting that river run through the house. You know how to get people saved? Let the river run through the house. You know how to choke out a devil? Let the river come out of your mouth. Let it run in your house. Let it run in your car. Let it run at work. Let it run at the job site. Let it run. Have an old-fashioned, sin-killing, devil-chasing, sky-blue, tongue-talking, soul-saving revival. And just bring them all in the house. Bring every one of them in there. Gossipers, backbiters, bring them all in there. Get them all in there. Do whatever you got to do. Get them in there. Sit them down. Look at them. Go, ooh, Jesus. Help us, Lord, right now. And just let the river start running. Let the river start running. Take little kids in the summertime. All cramped up in the car. I've done it. I've, I'm telling you. I had a church van, and the whole crab family was with us. And we was in the church van. And they was like, we're hot, mama. Amanda's like, I know, Elijah. And they're all talking back, and Shelly's like, I know it's hot. We're in the van. It's 100 degrees, it feels like, and 105 inside the van. And I was cruising by the water park, and I said, ooh, Jesus. I pulled in the water park. I, I didn't care what the kids had on. I said, open up the doors and let them out. Brother Todd. That's what the crabs call me, Brother Todd. <laughs> Brother Todd, while the, I said, let them out. Let them out and let them run. I'm going to tell you something. They didn't even have to feel the water. They didn't even have to taste the water. It didn't have to be up in their hair yet and their burr haircuts. Them little kids went, whoa, water. And they jumped out of the van and they, I, th I thought to myself, I thought you were hot. But once they saw the water, my God, saints of God, if you can just see revival, if you can taste revival, if you know it's on the way. Sometimes. Sometimes I, I just need to just stop fighting stuff and just go, let's let me stop and praise the Lord a minute. Amen. Let's just go have some church. Let's just watch the Spirit of God just stir us up. And just let the river flow. Just let the river flow. Sometimes it just takes a good shout and service. 
sometimes it just takes good shouting service for the Holy Ghost to get a hold of you. You're sitting there and just shake you up real good. Sometimes it's just good just to get your flesh shook real good and say, God, I know you're still here. know why you can be seated you want to know why we need this there's a 12 year old boy sitting in the youth department he's 12 his dad and mom were divorced at nine he's got an older sister he's got a little brother that's 10 years younger than him he's sitting in the youth department doesn't have a lot of money he gets a pair of Levi's and a new shirt to start school and a new pair of Converse for about 15 bucks. That's what he gets. They're on fixed income. They don't have a lot of money. He doesn't have new Reeboks or Nikes. Doesn't have fancy socks to match. His mom's working. They're living in a low income apartment. He's 12 years old and no one really looks at him because he may not seem important to anybody. I'm that 12 year old boy. Did you just hear my story? I'm him. Now anybody wanna argue with me why we should overlook anybody and why we should do our best to have an altar call every time the church doors are open? My dad, my dad took me to Daytona Beach. My dad, I was about 11. 